Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 34 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, sir! How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. It's good to see you. Yes, you too. It has been too long. Are you suitably refreshed? I I, I am suitably refreshed, yeah. I had a nice New Year away. Uh, me and my wife went down to York oh, over lovely. New Year and it was quite lovely. Superb. And what about you? Um, yeah, not bad, not bad. I was at home right, for up, Christmas. And Peterhead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I was uh, I was ill for a decent amount of it, but not to the point that I couldn't do anything. So it slowed me down, but I was getting out and seeing people and things like that. And then I came back down, I was in Glasgow for New Year. So yeah, all good. Excellent. All good. Now before we go too far, let's mark the occasion uh, in, our, uh, in the style that we've become accustomed to, really. Would you like a beer? Uh, yeah, go on. There you go. That's we'll a put... satisfying sound. Let's get these. There we go. Yeah, let's pedal us the clink clink across your laptop. <laughs> So what have you been watching? You've had two weeks. You've got to be watching some stuff. I haven't actually watched that much. Uh, I kind of started Seinfeld again from the beginning. So that's been taking up most of my time. This can become a bit all-consuming when you do this. (laughs) Yes, I know, as you know yourself. The amount of time since we even started this podcast that I've told you the same thing. Yeah, or we've just been sitting uh, in your living room and just without provocation and complete silence um, with no preamble whatsoever, you just put on an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, um, but I did make the time to watch uh, a couple of things. Okay. Checked out Bird Box. Oh, so did I. On Netflix. Uh, what did you make of it? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, I had read the book prior to watching it. I had not. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. It's a bit sentimental and wishy-washy for me. I think that the ending trips itself up in that way a little bit. Right. Um, I don't think that it necessarily is particularly guilty of that for most of the film for me. Um, I watched it. I watched it at my friend's house. It looked on the face of it like something I wasn't going to be particularly bothered about. Uh-huh. Um, but we just watched it for something to watch. Right. And um, I think that some of the kind of... Because it's basically... I kind of feel like everyone knows what Bird Box is because right. 45 million people watched it in a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically uh, Sandra Bullock and two unnamed Kids. unnamed yeah. children going on a journey down a river. I had it in my head that that was going to be what most of the film was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which was what it was about it that kind of put me off it. Okay. I didn't realise how much more of the story was going to be in flashback form and stuff like that. So there's, there was way more to it than I thought there was going to be. But yeah, so it's basically, it's an unseen monster or monsters. Yes. That when you see them, you're kind of like... Driven to madness. Yes. And, yeah. mo- and, and more often than not, suicide. Yeah. Um, I had actually read Josh Malaman's book when I got my Kindle. Uh, it was one of the first books that I bought. And then I never actually... It just kind of sat there. Hmm. And I kept going, oh, I need to get back and I need to get back and read this, get back and read this. And then when I saw they were uh, going to be doing this film, I thought, fuck it, I'll read the book. I much preferred the book. Oh, okay. I think that the Quiet Place comparisons that are getting thrown around are valid. I think they're valid too. Uh, I heard somebody coin the phrase sense horror or something. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how much further you can really go with that. Yeah, I can't imagine um, them doing one about people that can't smell things. Or touch. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I thought that um, I thought I had some genuinely creepy moments in it. I think that like the first... Uh, the first time that everything really kicks off, uh-huh. I think the first kind of chaos scene uh, in the kind of suburbs of that was great. 
I saw a poster uh, that someone had mocked up where they had uh, put Sandra Bullock wearing her kind of eye mask in alongside the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw that also, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing, actually. The the, uh, the standard of meme that's doing the rounds about Bird Box is exceptionally high. Also, did you see that uh, Netflix had to put out a statement advising people not to play blindfolded games? Yeah, don't do the Bird Box challenge. <laughs> I saw that. Lest you wander off a cliff. Jesus fucking or, wept. Or perform an inadvertent sexual assault. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, I bought a couple of things over, okay. the, over the Christmas period as well that mm-hmm. I thought I would mention. Um, I picked up Second Sight's new Blu-ray release of When a Stranger Calls and When a Stranger Calls Back. Oh yeah, okay. Really great. Great mm-hmm. film in the first place. Good package again from the guys at Second Sight. Um, and I got Blue Underground's uh, 4K remaster of Maniac. Okay, and? It's great. It's absolutely packed with extras. The film, to me, still, I mean, I don't. I think it says more about the, the film than the remaster, but the film still doesn't look like it's in 4K now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was because it's such a kind of shonky film when it was shot in the first place, mm-hmm. but still a great film, still a brutal film, and it still absolutely works. But a great package from Blue Underground again, chock-a-block with extras and the soundtrack on there as well. Okay, yeah. I have got a fear for you, actually. Just got a heads up for anyone listening. This could be a long episode. Well, so, yeah, it could uh, be. So lock the doors, uh, Mitch. Yeah, strap in. Yeah. Um, no, I finally got through the last two episodes of The Haunting the Hill House. Oh, yeah, and? I, front to back, loved it. Kind of understand the things that people are saying about how it's paced and things like uh-huh. that and how they think it maybe starts to drag its heels a little bit near the end. I didn't really feel that at all. Uh, I thought it was great front to back. I think performance-wise, it's across the board pretty great. Mm-hmm. I think it's genuinely pretty scary in a lot of moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, really pretty moving. Agreed. A lot of really good character stuff. Very moving, actually. Mm, points, oh, yeah. Yeah, very moving. Yeah. I also think that, like, regardless of what you think of his films, I think that there's very few credible arguments left that Mike Flanagan isn't one of the best working just now in the genre. Yeah, I would agree. While I don't think that all his films have been great, I would certainly say that he's up there with a, the best working now. Right, absolutely, I think uh, so. He's yeah, yeah. prolific, and his, uh, I'd say his hit rate is pretty damn strong. Oh, yeah. Um, Off the back of that, obviously I went immediately in search of another series to watch. Right. I'm now three episodes into The Children Adventures of Sabrina, which ah. has taken me quite a long time to get around to. Not, not that long. It's yeah. only been out a couple of months. Well, I suppose. But uh, yeah, no, um, I really like this definitely just started watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I really like this so far. Um, I think that um, it's got that kind of like slightly cartoonish and caricature spookiness about it. Yeah, well, it's based more on the comics. Yeah. Then you need to remove the fact that Sabrina the Teenage Witch existed, I think. But that's, I mean, that's kind of the element about it that really appeals to me I think yeah. and also I think that Kieran Shipka is super likeable in the league mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, yeah I really like where it's going I, I'm looking forward to watching like just but I can see myself battering through the rest of it um, haven't, haven't gone back to this yet but by the time this goes out I will have so tomorrow night uh, I'm going to the GFT to see that'll be Sunday yep. to see One Cut of the Dead sure so One Cut of the Dead I've spoken about on the show before Mm-hmm. It was made, I think, for $27,000 and made $30 million in Asia. <laughs> it's a zombie film. Uh, it's uh, set in a warehouse. It opens with a 37-minute long unbroken shot. Yep. You are watching the making of a zombie film, and then the set gets beset by actual zombies. Beyond that, where it goes is really, really funny and really clever. It's fully deserving of all the mad praise that it's received and so far. And it has far. got mad praise, absolutely mm. mad praise. I think it had three sold-out screenings at Fright Fest That's year. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went from one uh, in one in one of the Discovery screens to three sold-out screenings. Just word of mouth. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really, really great. Also, um, a really unfortunate thing happened uh, with it this past week where, and I've never heard of this happening yeah. before. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a bootleg copy of it made its way onto Amazon Prime. Yeah, because you had messaged me saying One Cut of the Dead's on Amazon Prime, so by the time I got round to it and went, fuck, I'm going to check that out. It was gone. 
gone. It was already gone. Which obviously under the circumstances was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard of that happen before. That's quite troubling. Yeah, that, I think that, it that is can, that, that can happen. Um, and I hope Amazon do everything in their power to stop that kind of shit happening in future. Because that's, yeah. that's a bit concerning. Yeah, a little bit worrying that slipped through the net. However, I think that like that kind of, if anything, made me go from maybe going to see it again to definitely go and check it right. out tomorrow. <laughs> and um, yeah, that film is kind of doing the rounds in the UK this week. It's doing selected screenings in quite a lot of cities. Right. So if you're interested in it, if anything that we've said about it sounds appealing, then I would recommend considering checking out if you can. Yeah, and I've, I've said myself I'm pretty burnt out on zombies, but everything I've heard is, even if you're burned out on zombies, make the time to check this out. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, I am too. Definitely. And uh, yeah, that doesn't come into it at all. Um, what surprised me most when you told me that it was on Amazon Prime is that it's actually getting a UK release on the 2nd of February through Third Window Films. So I, immediately I was like, they've put it on Amazon yeah, Prime what doing like, there now? right yeah. now before they're putting it out. But yeah, from the 2nd of February, you'll be able to get it in the UK. Oh yeah, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, if you, if you, if you can't catch it in the cinema this week, then yeah, yeah they will have other chances. Um, I also, again, just while I was at home over Christmas, ended up watching for the first time in ages and I was obsessed with it when I was really young. Right. And it was on TV and I ended up watching pretty much the whole thing. Uh, the Witches. The film with Angelica Houston. Yes. Oh, right. Nicholas Rogue's Witches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Rogue's The Witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, which uh, is just as creepy watching it with an adult telling you. That's a horrifying film. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it in the cinema. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the cinema in Aberdeen, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was a, yeah, yeah. for you. It was like 1993 or something, wasn't it, when that came out? Could have been. There or thereabouts, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm, I was seven when it came out and I think I was shielded from it. Right, um, initially, um, which I think is so, understandable. Uh, yeah. I guess with the benefit of some years, yeah, it's really, really dark. I think, um, and it's kind of got the, it's got, it's it's really feverish in places in a way that's really unsettling. I think, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was on at like two in the afternoon on Boxing Day or something like that. The little fat kid mouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. kid, mate. He's an asshole. Like, uh, he's like another. He's another one of those ones. He's like Joey from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, where it's like he's got chocolate spilling out of every pocket. Yeah, I guess he's like the Augustus Gloop of this film. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. He's like that, that's a legitimate comparison. I hate him. Uh, yeah, but no, the witches holds up. Uh, watching it, it's still scary as fuck when you're an adult, um, as I found out over Christmas. Excellent. But yeah, before we go on to the shockwave stuff, uh, we did watch one other thing. Ah, yes, we did. Like moments before we pressed record on this, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, big thanks to Mr. John McPhail, director of Anna and the Apocalypse, for uh, not only bringing this to uh, our attention, but Physically perhaps, bringing it to us. <laughs> physically bringing it to us, perhaps to offload it from his own collection. <laughs> yeah, um, when uh, a few weeks back, or a couple months back, when John came to record his episode on Halloween 3, uh-huh. uh, he did drop off um, a Blu-ray copy of Demon Wind. Demon Wind, yeah, the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray of 1989's Demon Wind, which we just watched together. Yes, yeah. um, so... Do you want to have a crack at a synopsis for this? Or an overview? don't really, no. I don't know where to begin. A guy goes back to his family farm. Let's go with that. Somebody's dead. Uh, he's, trying to, he's, trying to, he's trying to uncover something from his family's past, for sure. Yeah. And he's going with um, a number of friends who are all various different 80s stereotype characters. Yeah, and what I will say is, while I don't have the foggiest idea of what was going on, it might be the best film I've ever seen. It was an absolute riot. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, a, I had a fucking brilliant time with it. Um, it, yeah, it's super fucking funny. Yeah, um, and, and some really good, um, really good creature effects in there as well. Well, well, I think so. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't <laughs> go that far. But yeah, great fun. Um, everything you kind of hope a film like that's going to be. Yeah, um, ludicrous and just baffling. And yeah, thanks for bringing it to us, John. It's uh, something I should probably unpack and dig deeper into at a later date. Yeah, we um, should we should do a bonus ode about Demon Wind. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to begin. Fans of Evil Dead should check it out. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, of course, it is available on Blu-ray through Vinegar Syndrome now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we move on, I guess, uh, worthwhile just taking a sec to say a big congratulations to John. about Because um, obviously, through December, Anna and the Apocalypse went on to have really huge success on either side of the Atlantic as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well deserved. done, that man. Well yeah. done, that man. Well, that's just about it from what I've been watching. I do want to mention, though, um, you very kindly gave me a copy of Shock Value by Jason Zinneman. I did, yeah. After we Uh, had the discussion with Graham Resnick about Portergeist 3, uh, he mentioned a couple of passages and things from the book. Yeah. And we were both like, oh, I've never read that. Um, So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to buy myself a copy. So I bought you a copy as well. Yeah, which is very decent of you, yeah. yeah. It's basically the story of how certain iconic American horror directors kind of came to prominence. In the 70s. Yeah, Yeah, um, I'm five or six chapters into that. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, for one as ignorant as myself, it's very informative. I'm kind of slowly going to palm books off onto you. (laughs) Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to be one as well. (laughs) It was like it was like it was like giving it to me was kind of a gift to yourself, wasn't it? It kind of was, yeah. yeah. I, I spent money to educate you. Yeah, just 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 yeah. to minimise the hassle for yourself. I can completely understand. <laughs> so yeah, I've got two more, but well, it's been a while since I did this. Yeah, take a deep breath. Makes what requires one hundred. So I said I would try and manage a few over Christmas. And did you do a few? I did two. A couple? Yes, a couple. Right. Okay, that's um, fine, that's okay. Yeah, I got um, uh, I, I got kind of very distracted watching loads of stuff when I was at home. Like, I, 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 I finally saw Call Me By Your Name. Oh, and, right, And okay. things like that. And I, and I watched The Greatest Showman and stuff like that. That was the, that was the Christmas Day viewing in the main house. That and uh, Inside Number 9. <laughs> right. <okay>. Inevitably. <laughs> but yeah, Shockwaves-wise, I did two. Right. Uh, one of which, and I've rewatched it before, so I hope I haven't mentioned it already, but um, I did rewatch Drag Me to Hell. Okay. Right. Okay. Which, I mean, I fucking love it. That's Drag a great film. Hell. I love it. I love That's it. That's a great film. It's, yeah, again, not too much new to be said about that one, but it's an absolute riot. I miss Sam Raimi doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. I really do. Also kind of surprised. I always think this when I go back to that film. It's like, it always surprises me that we haven't seen Alison Lohman in more stuff since that film. Also, um, a David Strathairn-like character for me, uh, David Paymer, <laughs> is in there as well. He's brilliant. I but just not quite David Strathairn, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, 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 know. he's, he's, not, he's not like a Premier League David, but he's fucking good. <laughs> Um, and uh, carrying on, I guess, on the kind of mini Nicholas Rogue kick that I was on. Right. Um, I did go back to Don't Look Now. Oh, right, okay. Which, uh... Classic. We've mentioned it countless times on the show in passing. Yeah, the sheer amount, Yeah, the sheer amount of things that we've watched that have paid homage to that film. Yeah. Even in the short time we've been doing this, kind of shows you the importance of Don't Look Now, and it's every bit as good now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I think its influence can't really, be, uh, can't really be overstated. I, to this day, still watch the ending and wonder if it's a bridge too far. Oh right, but I don't know how I would have ended it, given the option. Right, okay. But it's not. But I, I still, I've seen it. Like, I've seen it a few times now, and I always get to the end, and I just end up slightly on the fence about the absolute final reveal. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. But like I say, I don't know what the alternatives would be. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. That concludes my viewing. So. What have they been saying? And obviously, with a two-week uh, gap, they have been saying plenty. Yes, yeah, it's been pretty busy. This is the bit I'm most concerned about. <laughs> yeah. I'm honest. Um, so, going chronologically, I think that the earliest that I have is uh, Jaws of Revenge. All right. So, um, coincidentally, over Christmas, Jaws of Revenge was on one of the ITV channels in the UK. I think it was ITV4. Or something <laughs> like <that. laughs> um, and, uh, the shittest of the ITV channels. Like. Yeah, it was like some Saturday night, it was like quarter to midnight or something like that. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, our old pal, film fan Stevie, got on and let us know. So we spread the word. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people did actually take the time to uh, check it out when it was airing. Uh, one of whom was Steve Kerr, new person alert. Okay. Um, at Scare158Steve, he says, Wow, this is bad. Jaws 3 was bad enough, but this really took the biscuit. That's fair, I would say. Uh, I know uh, AJ would have it the other way around. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I've got, like I said during the episode, I've got a lot of love for Jaws 3. And I still think that it's pretty much a sliding scale uh, for me after the, the first one, which yeah. is my favourite film. That's, yeah, well, I mean, there's always <laughs> going to be a sliding scale when the first one's your favourite film of all time. I've got one on Jaws of Revenge, weirdly, cool. um, and it's from Darren Gaskell uh, on Twitter, who says, absolutely hated it the first time I saw it. Saw it recently, and I was struck by how fucking bonkers it is. Definitely have to pick up the novelisation, which has even more bizarre subplots. Uh, Christmas Evil. Couple yeah, of things. Loads of stuff about Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things. Uh, on Christmas Eve, Dennis Extra Atherton, Happy New Year, Dennis. He got in touch saying, uh, Oh shit, yes, I literally watched this last night with a friend. Minor spoilers ahead. When the person gets punched by Santa from the van, my friend looked at me and said, You don't have to make me watch some shit, Dennis. <laughs> well, just one other thing on um, Christmas Eve, actually, and it centers on the discussion slash argument that we had about which way the ending goes or how you choose to interpret the ending. Ah, sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Death mm-hmm. Dream versus Inexplicable Triumphant Christmas Magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, obviously, Mitch came down. I was, was going to say, I don't think uh, we need to tell you who thought which for that one. Uh, <laughs> I had him plummet into the earth in a fireball uh, and Mitch had him floating away into the heavens in a van. Yep. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all. It's all a good night. Uh, Laura, buying an LV on Twitter. I agree that Christmas Evil was flawed, warped, but manages to capture something unexpected. And I'm with Mitch on the ending. Thank you, uh, Laura. Laura, come on now. Come back to Earth. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, I've got Chelsea Burden at Chelsea V. Happy New Year, Chelsea. Hello. Getting in touch to say, enjoyed the strong, violent PC episode on Christmas Evil, an absolute belter of an Xmas horror movie. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better demented Santa performance than Brandon Maggots. I'm on Andy's side, though. Death Dream ending. Oh, come on. Have you got anything else on Christmas Evil? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, Andrew Barron at Sketchy Dad. Happy New Year, Andrew. Hello. Uh, Got in touch to say, really looking forward to the episode on Christmas Evil, which I always knew as You Better Watch Out. Mm -hmm. The version we watched, in fact, was under that title. It was indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, Only Christmas film that's ever made me feel like I needed a shower afterwards and has the most bonkers ending of any movie ever. Andrew refraining from standing either side of the fence on that one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, he hasn't picked a side. Um, so between uh, so that's one vote each and one abstain. So uh, the mystery <laughs> remains unsolved. Before getting uh, before getting into just some general stuff, we had a message from Kim Morrison, uh-huh. um, a wicked sister sixty nine. Happy New Year, Kim. Happy New Year, Kim. She got in touch saying, "Hopefully, watching Fright Night tonight, a Shockwaves one hundred film I haven't seen, putting me up to an even fifty, probably still beating Watchfire's Mitch." Yeah, I actually noticed that uh, Kim has now gone on to say that it's one of her favourite films since watching it. Fright Night? Yeah, I just happened upon that, and I think it was on Instagram or something, just kind of skimming by. No, it wasn't. And she now says she loves it, and she, I think she's waiting to write about it or talk about it on some other podcast or something oh, like it's, that. Um, so. it's, uh, it'll be her, um, her blog. Oh, uh, right. She does something called Sometimes They Come Back, where she does comparison pieces between originals and remakes. Oh, right, okay, well, <laughs> um, Fright Night, the original, uh, is one of my favourite films as well. It's... It's perfect. It's just everything you want from an 80s horror film, I think, mm-hmm. in Fright Night. I'm absolutely glad that she loved it. I would have been surprised if she hadn't. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, it's leagues and leagues better than the, the remake. Yeah, I would agree. I was immediately turned off the remake, in fact, uh, like way back when I had the website. And uh, I think I got like a press release through or something, and there was like, a photo of Colin Farrell's Jerry Dandridge. 
like standing in his garden in a vest and I was like no <laughs> I was like fuck right that off. seems uncharitable but I mean like I mean I mean, if you'd trusted that instinct you wouldn't have gone far wrong but like um, yeah. but yeah thanks for that Kim I'm glad the shop was 100 glad that's became a thing actually there was a conversation a couple of people chipping in with their numbers there but to answer your question Kim yes you are beating me <laughs> although the margin's quite narrow now yeah it's getting better for sure yeah, I'm closing in unless uh, for all I know Kim's been battering through them she might work them all by now quite possibly yeah. um, towards the end of the year actually um, we got some really nice messages we did, yeah. Um, and it's what it takes time to read out a couple of them. Uh, Dennis got back in touch saying, thank you for all the brilliant horror talk this year. As a fan, it's been a blast. I love your connection with the fans and the friendly community you're building uh, is full of like-minded movie lovers. I can't wait for next year. That's Aww. cool. Thanks, Dennis. I That's actually one thing I love about it too. Yeah, me too. Darren Gaskill getting in touch. Happy New Year, Darren. Just to say, happy Christmas to you both and to all of your brilliant guests. Looking forward to what you have for us next year. I still actively detest She's All That. Thanks for clearing that up, Dan. Yeah, Always yeah. nice to know. I'm, I'm glad to see that the new year hasn't softened your approach at all towards She's All That. <laughs> um, Shakes at the Shakes 72. Happy New Year to you also. Got in touch saying, I've been listening to these guys all afternoon. I know some listeners have been asking for film links before the podcast, but uh, with Jaws, I'm going to have far more fun watching it with the comments and analysis, analysis in my brain afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, yeah, a couple of people say they've done that, which is interesting. It's the other way around, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Lovely feedback. Tripler here, former guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little pod of horrors is boss. Yep, getting in touch to say, thanks guys, you have brought me many hours of entertainment this year, and a big thank you for having this spud-faced chancer on your show. <laughs> Paddy Murphy. Oh, hello, buddy. You easily make my top five podcasts of the year, that's for sure. And uh, Alistair Montgomery, getting in touch to say, Cheers, Mitch and Andy. Listened to it and loved every second of each and every episode, mini-sode and bonus-sode. Well, Thanks, that's guys. lovely. That's, that's nice. Right. Yeah, um, one more. Uh, film fan, Stevie. Uh, Happy New Year, Stevie. He said, The first year of many for a strong violent PC comes to an end today. This was uh, the day we dropped the Christmas Evil episode. He said, With Andy stuff and Watchfire's Mitch chatting about Christmas Evil, thank you for an incredible year with lots of laughs and strange looks while I listen to it every Friday morning <laughs> at Curzon Soho. Roll on 2019. Thanks, yeah. Stevie. Yeah, I've got a couple more here. Um, Dr. Lauren McIntyre, our resident uh, medical expert. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, medical possibility been, consultant. Yep, who has been invaluable, I might add. Absolutely, um, yes. this adventure so far. Getting in touch to say, Getting Christmassy this morning, baking mince pies, and listening to the last at Strong Violent PC of 2018. Merry Christmas to Andy Makes Stuff and Watch Fires Mitch. Listening in 2018 has been an absolute riot. Cheers to you both. Here's to everything to come in 2019. And then a tantalising photo of some mince pies that unfortunately we weren't able to taste. <laughs> um, which is fine. And last but not least, Chris Angel at Tenshi-san73. Hey. Getting in touch to say, Merry Christmas to both you merry gentlemen. I look forward to many more instances of my public displays of spontaneous laughter on public transport and in shops to the confusion of checkout staff and fellow commuters in 2019. Yes. Have a good one, guys. Long may it continue. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be uh, a lot of people uh, getting some funny looks out and about. Yeah. Um, as they go about their daily business listening to us. Yeah, I mean, that's happened to me before with podcasts that made me laugh. I've quite a lot, actually. My dad wrote a porno, does that to me quite a bit, <laughs> several times. <laughs> I am done, apart from uh, feedback of a very specific nature. Oh, right, okay, I've not done this in a while either. It is Mitch's Pitches, the first hey! one of 2019. New Year, new pitches. Mrs. Bitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. Andy will, while we're recording, send a picture to my phone. The picture will be a photoshopped version of a, po- a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline. He'll have removed all identifying text. Uh, just the image is going to be there. I will, to the best of my ability, describe what uh, is in the image. I'll give it a title and a synopsis. Yeah. 
so also if this sounds like a weird thing for us to do in an audio medium <laughs> we will also put the image everywhere instagram facebook twitter all that stuff speaking of which uh you might want to take a minute to do that right now head on to our instagram because our facebook or whatever um and take a look at the last pitch of last year <laughs> Which was uh, Blood Beach. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, which I uh, reappropriated as Mr. Sandman, Bring Me a Scream. <laughs> and we had a frankly unbelievable amount of responses to this. So we gonna, did, yeah. So a lot of people getting in touch with guesses. Most of them were on Facebook, so you won't yeah, see a I lot of seen, them. I won't have seen any of them if they're on Facebook. So let's do them. And okay. of course, it falls to you to pick your favourite. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> okay, so Hanny, Hanny Ray on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Sandrash4, Buried Alive, The Ultimate Horror, Sand in Your Swimsuit. <laughs> uh, Bevan Quinn, Quinn Bevan on Twitter, getting in touch. June 2, Sting's Revenge. <laughs> uh, Andrew Gower, Tremor 7, Spring Break. All oh, right, Andrew Gower, okay, piping Andrew in Gower. there. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, I'm yeah. Tremor 7, actually, an answer also proffered by Dennis X. Rathrin. Oh, Oh, lots um, of a further flock together. Exactly. Uh, Sheridan Knott on Twitter at Nazi. Uh, Beaches 2, Middler's Revenge. <laughs> Dr. Lauren at Nodding Goth on Twitter. Return of the surfboarding killer at Bikini Vampire Girls 2, The Beach Bites Back. All right, okay. Pretty strong, I thought. Uh, Andrew Barron at Sketchy Dad. Uh, Summer Vacation Massacre. They thought it was Club 18 to 30, but that was just the body count. Brilliant tagline. Super strong, I thought. Elevated tagline. Yeah, I thought really good. Wicked Sister 69 again, Kim. Horror Holiday, The Climax, You Got Crabs. <laughs> uh, Film Fan Stevie, coming in with a synopsis and a title. Oh, right, okay. Bold. Uh, after surviving an entire summer hidden under the sand, Linda declared herself the world champion of Hide and Seek in 1985's <laughs> Hide and Seek 3, The Sands of Death. <laughs> Seems like a weird, weird opposing title and subtitle. Yep. Paddy Murphy on Facebook. Sand Killer, Life's a Beach and Then You Die. Uh, Mark Logan, Evil Dead Miami Beach. Mark Logan again, Lower Body Amputees Sing Village People Classics 2, YMCA. <laughs> it's a thinker. <laughs> yeah, it's a thinker, but the image, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know out. exactly why he's, what he's done there. Uh, James Plum, Quick Sand the Musical. Uh, Mark Davies, The Crucifixion of the Beach Babes. Uh, Andy McEwen, Sand Sharks 2. Uh, Mark Davies, Sun, Sand and Sinkholes. Right. Uh, Boz, This Beach Sucks. <laughs> uh, Dave Cooper Attack of the Killer Crabs Crustacean Invasion and Pinch Drunk Summer Brilliant Yeah <laughs> uh, Zoe Rose another previous guest Yes uh, of Zoe course Smith. Yeah. Uh, Girls Get Slaughtered Magaluf 83 Right sure Laura Bainan uh, got in touch originally saying I know that won't say for now but John Saxon if I remember Media Home Entertainment Damn I wish I didn't have this memory sometimes and then immediately replied saying Oh alright then Sandwich Right. And uh, Antonis Constantinou getting in touch with a double. Right. Red Skies and Sandy Bitches. <laughs> okay. And Shepherd's Delight of the Living Dead. Oh, right. Okay. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, um, some really great stuff in there. I'm sure you'll agree. Strong crop. Wow. There. Uh, um, yeah, it makes it particularly difficult to pick from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, partly because I have the memory of a goldfish and I don't really remember the ones from the beginning. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is I'm going to give it to the one about Club 18 to 30. Okay, so we're going with Andrew Barron at Sketchy Dad. Yeah. And uh, once again, that was Summer Vacation Massacre with the tagline, they thought it was Club 18 to 30, but that was just the body count. Brilliant. Which, in fairness, is superb. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. Andrew, well done. You are the first winner of the Mitch's Pitches audience uh, submissions for 2019. Once again, congratulations, you win nothing. Yay! But however, to business. To business then. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Check your phone. Here we go. Okay. 
kept it simple. Yeah, I was gonna say like I'm just start uh, the year off easily. Yeah, just, eases back into it. Just I'm uh, just uh, keeping with the kind of the recent theme of keeping it kind of relatively paired back. So right, it's white background. Plain white background. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You're looking at basically a page from a calendar. It's for the month of December, and uh, there are kind of streamers around it, around the edges, kind of uh, very festive looking. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Were it not, or at least it would be festive looking, were it not for the fact that um, a psychotic looking man holding a small dagger or letter opener has uh, sliced it upwards from the bottom to the top. I think it's a switchblade. Nope, it's a letter opener. Right, okay, no, that's fine. Nope, it's a letter opener. (laughs) Sorry, sorry much, my bad. Excuse me, I have retconned it into a letter opener. That's fine. Uh, So, no, he's sliced it from uh, bottom to top, so you can see his hand holding the bladed weapon. And uh, his face staring in a fairly intense way. Underlit face. Brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking fairly intense. Mouth closed. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah. So, December page from calendar. Sliced upwards by letter opener wielding psychopath. Yep. Okay. As ever, I'll just need a sec. Okay. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Happy? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so log, log lane first. Right, okay, cool, sure. As a small town prepares for its annual Christmas fair, mm-hmm. plans are derailed when the stars of the centerpiece nativity are slaughtered one by one. Right. With time running out, it's down to D.I. Sylvester Winthrop to find the man the press has dubbed the Advent Killer. <laughs> and the found And that is from 1988's A Cold Dismembered Night. <laughs> See? Oh, I like what you've done there. That's pretty clever. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh... uh... I'm going to start the year with a revelation for you. Go on. You're wrong. Fuck. Yeah, you are wrong, sir. Uh, in fact, it is 1980s New Year's Evil. Oh, not a million miles from Christmas Evil. No, no, not a million miles from Christmas Evil, but I thought I would keep it very much at the time, yes, very yep. much uh, in fitting with the theme okay, so of the season. What's the real synopsis? The real synopsis is as follows, Mitch, if you settle in. During a New Year's Eve celebration, a Los Angeles disc jockey receives a phone call saying that when New Year's strikes in each time zone, someone will be murdered, and she will be the last one. That sounds great. Yeah, it's not bad, actually. I was going to say, no, it sounds like something I would enjoy. It's not bad at all. No, well into it, well into it. (laughs) It's one of the better films that we've actually done on Mitchie's Pitches, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, my pitch was a cold dismembered night. Can you top it? It's all over social media. Get on, send us your suggestions. You know we love them and we'll read them. We sure do. <laughs> so that concludes the first Mitch's Pitches of 2019, which means it's time for the first podcast recommendation. Yes, and whose turn is it? Uh, you. Is it? I really don't remember. I'm going to go with yes. Uh, okay, well, I'll just go then. I will choose uh, Matt Besser's new podcast, My Dead Wife, The Robot Car. That is an excellent title <laughs> yeah it's a fiction podcast Mitch oh um, okay in which Matt Besser plays a kind of fictionalised version of himself who uh, is one of the first people to try all self-driving kind of AI powered cars okay um, however the car that he is given the AI is that of his recently dead wife <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah hijinks ensue I'm sure um, they do and just before she died they were about to get divorced right uh, so their relationship is uh Fractious. Fractious at best, I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, um, My Dead Wife Robot Car, it's got like uh, people are on there doing voices like Horatio Sands and uh, John Gabrus is on there. And, oh, from uh, Raised, by, Raised by TV. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, Mary Holland is the voice of uh, the car. 
Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Those things. There's ten episodes, and they're all like fifteen minutes long. That sounds, so sounds like a kind of thing. Yeah. Don't take up any of your time at all. It's funny if you want to see a man having a fractious relationship with his car, uh, or listen to a man having a fractious relationship with his car. Then you could do worse than listening to my dead wife, the robot car. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I actually, I definitely will. <laughs> I mean, I know I sometimes say I will. I very seldom do. I'll do it this time. <laughs> I know my word means nothing. Listen at this to point, the dollop yet. No, I haven't actually, no. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get into a few uh, non-fiction yeah. podcasts. Well, well there you go. Uh, so, no, uh, but I will I'll batter on with the fiction for now and check that out. Okay. So, um, unless there's any other business... I don't think there is, do you know? I'll tell you one thing. Oh. Uh, just a quick reminder, um, we are still looking for your suggestions for a Listener's Choice episode. Um, we're going to be firming up plans for that in the next week or two. Yep. Uh, but right now... Uh, just in case you've missed it towards the end of the year, going to give a quick reminder how we're working this. We have got a previous guest from Show Has Gone By to agree to come back. Um, but this time they're not picking the film, one of you are. <laughs> and um, yeah, we want you to get in touch with us uh, strictly by email for this, uh, stronglanguagevalentscenes at gmail.com. And let us know which film you would choose if you were on the show and tell us a little bit about why. That's why we're kind of, that's kind of why we're trying to get it from email i think we want longer thoughts here uh if you can fit that into 280 characters get out of town <laughs> uh no want to know properly your history with the film why you would choose it why you think it's great why you think people should give it a second look we are going to thin it down to a short list of ones that we think are good for the format ones that we think would work then we're going to draw one out of a hat and a mystery guest from a previous episode is going to come back some point very soon and uh we will have our first ever Listener's Choice episode. We will indeed. And also, uh, in October last year, we had our first ever live show at Celluloid Screams, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool for the first kind of six months of the show. Yeah. However, I would like to do another one. I, too, would like to do another one. I'd like to do more than one. I would like one. to do more than one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to do way more than one. However, what I will say is this. I would like to do it sooner rather than later. Agreed, yes. So uh, if that's something that appeals to you and you think, oh, I would maybe, maybe attend that. Um, I'd maybe like to see that live. Drop us a wee message and let us know. Also, we know that there are a few out there at this point. We don't know necessarily where you all are. Yeah. So what we would also like um, is maybe just suggestions of, if we were going to be doing live shows, where you'd like it to be. Keep them sensible. Within reason. Keep them sensible. Don't be don't be hitting out with anything mad. But like, Yeah, but no, you know. Uh, um, us getting to like America is not going to be easy. Yeah, let's say UK at this point. But like, yeah, but, yeah like, but we're kind of looking for a little bit of kind of where demand might be if we were to try again yeah but we have got a couple of ideas in the pipeline for that and we'll be telling you more about that as we know it so i guess all that's left to do is turn our attentions to this week's show the first full episode of 2019 coming this friday yeah yeah and um interesting one yep interesting film and i'm delighted to be bringing an old friend of mine on as the guest yeah well yeah he is the host of the horror happens radio show um amongst other things writes for dread central and horror hounds yeah it's mr jk yes indeed uh really looking forward to this what films he chosen so we're kicking off 2019 with ken saxton's sushi girl which i believe is potentially the newest film that we've done on the show? Quite possibly. Prove us wrong. Yeah, 2012, um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the only thing that would come close would be Saw 6, but I think that's something like 2009. Or Scream 4? Oh, Scream 4 maybe, yeah, yeah. But either way, yeah. it's it's right up there with the newest ones that we've done. Uh, you can rent this in the UK. Right. It's, it's, on, um, it's certainly on Amazon uh, video. You can rent it from there. And um, presumably the other platforms as well. Yeah, and you could definitely pick it up on DVD because I have it. 
Yeah, 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 that definitely exists. We're looking at it right now. So join us this Friday for that. Um, Horror Happens Radio Show's host, JK, joins us to talk Sushi Girl. It's yeah. going to be a fun one. <laughs> yes, it should be. Um, get in touch with your thoughts in the meantime, please. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC or email Scenes at gmail.com. Yep, and I know I said this all the time towards the end of last year, and I'm going to say it again in 2019. We can be heard just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. But please, please do just take the time to like us or rate us or if you're feeling really generous, drop us a wee review. Yeah, that'd be nice. It really does help and elevate the old uh, prestige meter. <laughs> the presence. Uh, presence. Like that. I don't know. I you get know. brand activated in 2019. Yeah, that's it. We're going to be extremely <laughs> brand focused. Uh, yeah. But we will be back this Friday, 8am GMT, as JK joins us to talk Sushi Girl. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Cheerio. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 